Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, y'all. Uh, Acklin will be here in a moment. Uh, we will be discussing many, some of the games that uh, occurred last night in the NHL. Uh, but, Ty, let's let's start with the, the game that you were concentrating on because I was checking back a number of different games last night just trying to get a taste of all of them. And at a certain point, I turned on the Columbus Bruins game, and it was 3-1 Columbus, and it seemed that the Bruins were struggling. And when I checked back, it was 5-3. So where did things go wrong for John Tortorella? Uh, well, they're just uh, – they're a young defense uh, – the youngest in team history. I think the average age of the Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman is about 23 years old right now. Right. Obviously, Wierenski and Jones is their top pairing. It's going to be a monster top pairing in two to three years. But right now, they still have some growing pains to go through. Uh, and they're going against, you know, we talk about the Bruins. We talk about their youth. But there's a lot of experience up front. Um, and they really got worked by the end of that game by the Martian back as Pasternak line, which was really a makeshift top line, but it actually worked a lot. It did a lot of great things to the Bruins. They were responsible for all of the goals last night, two goals from Marshan, two goals for Bacchus, two goals for Pasternak. So um, that's really what took over for the Blue Jackets was just their youth couldn't handle what the Bruins were doing. And the Bruins, and I've never said this before in my life, the speed of the Bruins really seemed to bother the Blue Jackets. And we're not accustomed to saying that. I know I'm not, uh, but definitely a, a different kind of game. Now, I, I saw before the game, you know, in the uh, the morning leading up to the game, Bergeron was out. Uh, Kevin Miller had a, a, I think it was a broken finger or a broken hand. That he's he's a fracture in his left hand, yeah. Yeah, so he's out for four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe McQuaid was out as well. So yeah, upper, upper body injury for McQuaid day to day. He's beginning on IR, so he's out for three games, but yeah. So, I mean, you know, the Bruins, so the, the Bruins sort of started behind the eight ball without their... I mean, I, to me, even though Krejci is the number one center in terms of offense, we I think we both know that Bergeron is the straw that stirs the drink. He's the, I, I think he's the number one, the de facto number one center, but he's more of a two-way guy. Yeah, but, he's the best player on the team. You know, it's it's as simple as that. Now we look at it, he's the best because he, he's sort of eclipsed Chara, you know, as being the best player on that team. So I would agree with that. Now, injuries seem to be the the norm right now in the NHL, um, and we, you know, if we're going to talk about that, we have to talk about Buffalo because not only, uh, I mean, Kyle Poso was out because of a bruised knee. That's the was the least serious of the things that were going on with with the Sabers. Jack Eichel was introduced yesterday in the opening ceremonies for the Sabers and came out on a scooter. Uh, and and waved hello and then quickly turned around. Um, Carey Price didn't play in the game against Montreal, but the one that occurred during the game and and I mean we don't still do not know the severity of the injury. But if you saw Alexi Emelin, and can I just say Alexi Emelin, he seems to be a magnet for either controversy or a a dirty hit. And I don't think this was dirty, but it was all it was. He caught Evander Kane. In at full flight, 
he lo he went airborne and he crashed into the end boards and he was taken uh, via stretcher to a Buffalo hospital. The indications are there's no specific specificity right now of what the injury is, but to me it looked like it was a hip. And if it was a hip injury, you're in trouble. Yeah, it was not a pretty looking injury. And you know my my big beef with Emmalin is that this has kind of always been the beef, and I know players kind of have this as well. Is he sort of is a magnet for these kind of hits and in this trouble, but you can't fight him because of it because of the the plates in his face or his head, whatever it is. You, he can't fight, so he's never really held accountable. I've heard I've heard people tell me that that sort of bothers them about Alexa Emelin is that you can't fight him because of this. So, you know, I know we're getting a little inside rivalries here, but but it's one of those things where. It did, is it interesting that you, you have a guy who's sort of a magnet for that for that kind of stuff? There's a few players like that, whether it's, uh, you know, Matt Cook was one, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Rafi Torres was another. I was I was I, I was going to say Jordan Tutu, but he's really not okay. that bad. He's more Yarko, of an agitator. Yarko, Yarko Rutu was, a, was yeah, one. he was one for sure. So it's 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 interesting how that tends to work out, it, but. You know, that's scary. You, you, know, you say what you want about Evander Kane, you know, his personality issues and whatnot. You never want to see a guy, guy get hurt, especially on opening night. Um, yeah. And already down Jack Eichel, that would be a gigantic loss. For the yeah, and, and, and Buffalo could not generate offense in that game last night. But just, just touching on Montreal, and then I'll let that take over again. I, and I made I made a joke when we were talking about the Atlantic that the, the you know the the Orkin man in Montreal would have to be alerted because but if if you look at that team I mean Gallagher is a premier pest and now and, and, and Emelin has always been the type of player that he's been and now you add Andrew Shaw who I don't know whether he's you know his slew foot at the end of the game was being is being reviewed by the league but it should be because at the with, with mere seconds left to go he slew footed Johan uh, Johan Larson of the Sabers and this is coming off the suspension that he had during the preseason so this guy let's say he's out of control but he's somebody who plays on the edge and he's got to be stopped sometimes he's got to be called on it yeah yeah no. I'm with you. All right, let's get started here because we got a couple games from last night to talk about and some games this weekend. Should be good ones. Um, and we'll tell you this is the 15th, uh, 14th of October. Ready? Here we go. Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, October 14th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Ty Anderson. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, the first non-prediction show, sort of, um, of the year that we're going to do, uh, even though I have some wacky predictions to go through. Um, because they're always fun to talk about, but yeah. uh, we'll go through them in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, let's start here. We uh, we uh, we're two games into the season now. The St. Louis Blues are undefeated um, already, two and zero. Taking another game last night. A lot of one goal games last night. You know, I was looking at very close games last night all around, and a lot of high scoring. This has been true the last couple years. Early in the year, that we get high scoring games. I mean, when you look at last night's games, you know, look at I mean, three five six three. Four one, four six, four five. You know, these are these are not normal games. The night before that, we had what a six to four game, and um, but last night, what I was watching the I don't know what games you guys were watching. I was watching the Tampa Detroit game. Yeah, I'm assuming you were watching the Blue Jackets and the Bruins tie. Yeah, I got the I got the game on right now in the back. I got the the Lightning Red Wings game on in the background right here, just kind of yeah. looking up every now and then. Um, no, yeah, I mean that's where I was focused, but I kept tuning back to the Lightning, uh, mm -hmm. Red Wings on my on my laptop, and uh, really, what stood out for me in that game is their power play with a full year of Jonathan Druin is going to be 
off the charts good. Yeah. The movement, yeah. the movement they have is just incredible. And I yeah. think it's going to scare a lot of teams this year because that's going to be tough to stop once they're fully healthy, once Callahan comes back. If he even has a role, I mean, he'd be better off in the second unit, obviously. But, yeah. but this, is, yeah. this is a situation where the Lightning are just reloaded. Everyone's back. Everyone's going to be uh, just as strong as they were last year, if not even stronger. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they and they came through big because I mean the Red Wings got out to a two nothing lead in this game, and uh, that was a little surprising. But then from there on, they just they just took over. Well, uh, Tampa just took over. Mike Thomas Vanek actually it looked rejuvenated in that game. Um, I mean, I, I I don't think Detroit was it's is expecting to get the Thomas Vanek of old who could score thirty goals. More like what they what the, the Thomas Vanek of Minnesota where he scored fifteen to twenty, and they're and they're paying him based on that that type of uh, production, but he gets two goals in his first game. And if he, they can get 20 to 25 out of him, then that's an unexpected source of offense that, uh, you know, I don't think they thought that they were going to have, but to, to tie in your point, I mean, I, I, I Tampa Bay is the team that I'm expecting to come out of the Eastern conference. I mean, they're, they're loaded for bear They're You know, I think they're going to keep both goaltenders, you know, barring any major injury, and that's saying a lot because they've had major injuries in the past. And if Drouin takes a step forward, like you know, it, hopefully he will uh, after a, a traumatic year last year. Um, you know that they, I think they're you know they're w- well in line to challenge for the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating too. Uh, the, Detroit gets the two games, gets gets their goals. You know, two goals from Vanek in the first period, um, and then they get a goal from Nielsen in the second. They they had their you know signees coming in and doing the job right away, right off the bat. You know, it's always good. That's what general managers like to see. Their UFAs taking, and then the DeKaiser goal was crazy. Um, yeah, you know that was really that was a great that was that was a lot of fun. It looked like a bubble hockey goal. Like actually, we were talking, we were joking around it because we were playing bubble hockey a little bit last night between periods, my wife and I, and that's like a typical, you know, wrap it around the boards, might hit something wacky, ends up in the net type situation. But yeah, that was the Kaiser's goal. That was that was crazy. So this game was a little bit, but it, what was kind of impressive to me is the Lightning just got stronger as it went, and at the end of the game, even when they had, you know, they had finally got they had gotten the empty net goal by by Fippola at eighteen thirty nine. The Red the um, Lightning dominated the last minute and a half of that game, which you don't often see. You know, a team like that just kept coming, even though they were up six to four. Uh, they just kept coming, trying to get the elusive Eklund goal, as I like to call it, which is the goal that's scored when you put your goalie back in the net after you've been scored on it with an empty net goal, and then they score again on the goalie. That's that's called an Eklund goal. We don't see that very often, but you know. Kelly Eklund scored that goal a long time ago, so I've named that the Eklund goal. Yes, well, yeah. And it happens sometimes. And, you know, somebody mentioned it the other day, which is really funny. Um, all right, but let's get on to the Bruins and Blue Jackets. This was, um, you know, I, I got like one tweet from Mike, one one text from Mike. I saw somebody just said the Blue Jackets are a bad team. <laughs> That's what I saw. Yeah, um, not wrong. Not wrong necessarily. Um, this is this is what the Bruins want. I mean, the Bruins, gosh, you know, talk about again, you know, guys coming in, Backus comes in and 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 it takes over again. Ty, what's what your thoughts? Uh, I mean, Backus, you know, it, it, he two days notice, he's told, hey, you're going to send up the top line with, with yeah. Martian and Pasternak. And they only had two practices. Uh, and to have that chemistry right off the bat uh, says a lot about what, what they believe and what they can do with Backus. I mean, this is a guy who was brought here to replace Louis Erickson. When Louis Erickson was in Boston, he played left wing, right wing, on the third line, second line, first line. He, he did whatever they wanted. So, and they have a similar player here in Backus who can play both the center and the wing. Um, obviously, now, if you look back to what Backus has done, 
he finished the preseason with six assists in three games. <laughs> and now he has two goals and one assist in one regular season game. So he and, and this has been across the board with different line mates, different players every game. Um, so he's had production no matter where they put him, which says a lot about kind of who he is and, and what he's here to do. Um, and obviously he wears the A last night in Bergeron's absence, which says a lot about him uh, you know, and what they view him as as a leader there. So um, this is, looks like a great signing for the Bruins. Obviously it's one game in, uh, but the the comfort level that Backus has with the, with the new team is really impressive. Yeah. I mean, gosh, to step in, I mean, Marshawn again, continued his, his torrid, you know, world cup with two goals, but, uh, and that line got all, all, you know, all their goals. I mean, that was impressive when you think about it. I mean, like you said, just stepping in there. Yeah. Um, Berger, yeah, Marshawn now has, he had five points and <laughs> that's he, crazy. Ties a career high in points. And now if you go back to the start of his season last year, you include the world cup, uh, Pocky include the world championships. He has, I think it's 46 goals and 81 points in his last 94 games. It's like this guy is <laughs> point per game pace here. It's just, just incredible stuff. I know. And for it, does a guy mainly made his, you know, he's, he's always been a sco- scorer, but never like this. I mean, this is just, this is something, I mean this, and he was, and he was all of that in the world cup watching him play live. I mean, like I said, they just, they completely won me over with uh with his ability and he was just a huge player for team canada and i never would have i mean that's something you never would have predicted before last season if you would have said that you know marchand's going to be a big contributor in the um you know before the before the nhl season started if you said that at the end of this year he's going to go on to the canada to play for team canada and be a huge contributor maybe get the M- i thought he was the mvp of team canada to be honest um right. if i wrote that i'm biased but yeah, no, I'm and I'm not, and I don't like Marshawn at all. So I'm yeah. totally, I'm, I'm unbiased, and I'll say right off the bat that that guy was, uh, yeah, he he was the MVP. I mean, he whenever they needed something to happen, he made it happen, and that was you, that was the difference. You know, yeah, he, and when you go back to 2011, when the Bruins were the Bruins and they won the Cup, Marshawn scored all the big goals. That's really yeah. what he did. It was Horton and Marshawn yeah. were the guys that scored the big goals for the Bruins. So, you know, he's sort of getting back to that point. I think you know he he's been honest about himself. You know, he had those struggles there where he wasn't really doing much. And he came out and he admitted that he's, he started seeing a sports psychologist uh, that sort of got him mentally focused on where he needs to be as a player and as a person. Um, and it's definitely shown. I mean, you look at what he's done now these past two, three years, really incredible stuff. Um, you know, the thing is, he's always had this kind of shot. He's always had this offense capabilities. But now he's finding the space to use it. And he's simply shooting the puck entirely more than he ever used to. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what's been. I mean, it's just impressive, 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 impressive performance overall. Well, the one, um, the one thing with Marshan though, it's like, and, and I, I think what, what, what you're talking about here, Ty, is because he, he seemed to start falling into a rut for like a year or two, where he was only the pest. He was not, you know, taking advantage of his of his actual, you know, offensive gifts. So at least it, they weren't coming to the forefront, and then. I think he's realized he can be more than just that, you know, that irritant, that type of player that just gets underneath the other team's skin. Because if you can play that, like Corey Perry has proved, you can be a pain in the ass, but you can also be a 50-goal scorer, and you can also win the Hart Trophy. So you can you can do both things. So I think that you know, Marshan may have realized in the last year or so that he's capable of more than just being that irritant. Oh, definitely. And that's, that's something that I think gets in guys' mindsets. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you think about every agitator or pest or whatever, a lot of these guys can actually score some goals and play hockey. But if you yeah. pigeonhole them into that spot where they're just out there to annoy, you know, I look at the usage, right? We like I always joke about this. Like people forget that when the Rangers got Sean Avery, 
and they put him on their top line. He was kind of incredible for a little while there. He was yeah. a great fit with Nylander and Yager, and he was playing hockey. And then when they brought a new coach, a new system in, he was on the fourth line just agitating, and he was out of the league in two years. Granted, he had his own reasons and, pers- and personality problems, but if you put these guys into roles where they can succeed, more often than not, they will. You know, yeah. not, not every guy is just Zach Ronaldo or just Matt Cook. Some of these guys <laughs> can actually score goals and contribute to a hockey team. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Not every guy is Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> Back in the nineties, maybe I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a good title for the show. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, I'm with you. Um, the other game I was watching that was, you know, I was going to play from back and forth, of course, and probably what a lot of people watched because it was the national game was the Penguins Capitals game. And uh, this one, this one had a lot of intrigue to it. Honestly, it was, it was surprising. And one of the most interesting things about this game to me was the Mark Andre Fleury show. Like here, you know, you know, yeah. forgotten, but not, you know, you know, but not, maybe you know, not not totally written off yet. You know, the rumors of Mark Andre Fleury being dead or a little bit exaggerated. I mean, he is completely. Last night, he th- stops thirty-seven or thirty-nine shots against a team that takes hard shots. Like this is that the cap the Capitals get good, high quality shots. Um, and he, you know, he out he outduels Holtby basically, and they end up winning the game. You know, Holtby Holtby you know faces twenty-nine shots. He faces thirty-nine shots. So it, it's you know, and without Crosby, you know. And, you know, the Penguins just, they, they come through. They come through, with a, they come through with a big win. Their defense was a little bit more suspect than you'd seen it. And this is one of the things I've talked about the Penguins before. Like last year, the Penguins, the beginning of the year, their defense was struggling. And you saw it last night again, I thought, where they, their defense kind of went backwards. To, and maybe some of that is what we talked about before, like Matt Murray and just the fact that Matt Murray calms them down so much. Uh, and Fleury plays a lot more hectic in there, is a lot more scrambly. But... um. They they did tend to go backwards towards that, and there were some issues. And in the def- I think the transition game was particularly good from defense to offense for the Penguins, like it was last year when it was just ridiculous. You know, like it, that that transition game was phenomenal, and maybe that had something to do with it too. But well, I mean, there there has been some slight changes on their blue line. I mean, you know, Lovejoy yeah. out and you know Pouliot in. You know, you don't have the goalie that you went through the entire playoffs with in there. You don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have some of your key players up front. I mean, there are. I mean, there there are a number of debuts in the in the first two days of the season that uh, you know teams are a little off, and that's something that, like after a week a week or two they get straightened out. No, oh, yeah, no, it's true, and and you, this is you know it's it's just one game and all that stuff. But I liked I liked what I saw out of out of you know you know let's say like Shiri, you know for example you know. Shiri goes out, and we were wondering whether or not he would be the same kind of player he was. He was the same kind of player to be. Like I thought, he played pretty well. Um, you know, yeah, Ovechkin. They, I mean, that team is still built to win. Yeah. It, it and it's scary to think because this team now with Kessel and with the defense uh, and with two goalies, they are entirely more well equipped to handle a Crosby loss than they had ever been before. Yes. Yeah. Even when they had Jordan Stahl and you know those guys, like <laughs> this is a better team than back than those days. It's a great point. That's exactly it. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. They are, they are, that's why I talked, when you talked about yesterday, when I picked them to actually win this division this year, <laughs> even if Crosby's misses an extended period of time, even though Matt Murray's going to miss an extended period of time. I think that, yeah, I think that that's, I think they're definitely set up for it. They just have more depth. I mean, Hornquist is coming into his own too. You can really see he's going to become that guy. You know, he's going to become the guy that we always thought he would be. Um, you know, he's, he's got, where he's just, he's just, yeah. 
He's yeah, got a benefit he, when he plays with Crosby, but he'll be okay without it. He'll probably be better than Kunitz is without Crosby. No, that's exactly right. To me, he's Holmstrom. He's Holmstrom. You know, the old Red Wings guy who, was in, who would be in front of the net and plan himself and be a problem. That's what Hornquist is. And he's, you know, and he's he's great at that. And the Penguins, Penguins never had that. The Penguins never had a guy who would sit in front of the net and take a beating like he will. Hornquist will take that beating. That's the Penguins have never, that's been their weakness. Um, And, you know, and what, what do we see? Crosby's out and who comes up? Who steps up? Malkin, you know, and this has been, a, this has been the history of his, Malkin's history. He is the better player when he is the number one center on a team. This is why I think he will eventually be traded. He will eventually play someplace else. Um, but you know, this is last night. You see why, you know, it's nice not to trade him when Crosby's out of the lineup, you know, it's nice to have him in there. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the problem is act with that, with that theory is it's gotten to the point now in their careers. I mean, Malkin is what? 28, 27 yeah. years old. It's gotten past the point that you're going to get a good enough return to actually move him, or somebody will take him. Oh, I don't agree with that. I'm making 9 million bucks at 28 years old. I mean, he's going to, He's at the apex right now, a year or two, and he's going to start to go down. And that's, How many more years are in his contract? Uh, I can check. I think it's two or three. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'll take I'll take three more years at Malkin at nine million dollars any day of the week. You know, like he. Uh, excuse me. Uh, no, he's got five more. All right, so five more years. I'll even go there. I'll even. I mean, uh, to me, I mean, you're you're right, Mike, that he's maybe on the downside. Of his, I don't think he's on the downside of his career, to be honest. I, no, I, I said he's at the apex of his career. Maybe the apex. He's still so say he's at the apex for maybe two more years. If you have to deal with another two years of Malkin, they're overpaying him, but he's still a really good player. I'll, I mean, there are plenty of teams that'll take Malkin. He's not. He's incredibly tradable. Like last year when they when they put that out, when the, and that they did put that out to that Malkin could could be possibly had if there was the right thing. And I don't care what anyone says. I know they did it because I talked to so many people who told me that they did it. Um, they got no one who turned turned around and, and cared about his contract. I mean, no one. I mean, they they were they were ready. They were ready to go. Ty, thoughts on? I mean, well, it's gonna happen. I think it's one of those things where it's probably gonna happen eventually. Whether it's a cap crunch move or uh, some something, you know, maybe he wants out, things like that. But it's tough to find a fit for a top line center at that price. Like it's it's becoming difficult. But maybe you know, with with the with the revenue expect to go up, especially when Vegas comes into play, um, maybe there's a situation where they find the perfect move for him. But it's one of those things. Where, I mean, we always thought that. I mean, I thought that Lemieux and Yager were going to be together forever, and that then that wasn't the case, you know. And yeah. so maybe it reminds me a bit of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think not not fair. entirely the same, but it's like how long can the can the superstar tandem really last for you to be able to fit everyone in at their price? So. I do yeah. wonder, um, but obviously it's one of those things right now where maybe Sid's health uh, allows Malkin to stay there forever. You know, maybe that's a situation yeah. where it, it yeah. just worked itself out. Yeah, and, and I see. I think that last year, why I think there were so many talks last year about Malkin going is that I think the middle of last year they made it. They were really considering it. Not they weren't. They were considering it for after the season. They were. They weren't considering it for during the season, but they were considering it. Okay. In the middle of last year, when the Penguins were struggling, they're sitting back and they're saying, "Okay, if we're going to move Malkin, this is the time to do it. Uh, we have a lot of stuff. We have to. We have a lot of players we have to sign. We've got a lot of players coming in. This is the time to do it." And then they go and win the Stanley Cup. You know, and that that changes that changes things all the time. It just does. And you know, you saw it in Boston. It it makes you do things you don't necessarily want to do, or you don't you wouldn't do if you hadn't won the Stanley Cup. Basically, the bottom line is you wouldn't sign some of the players you do because you end up signing a couple of players, especially third and fourth line guys you end up signing 
because you won a Stanley Cup with them. Um, and they get a little bit more than they should. And this happened in Carolina. It happened in Boston. It happened. It's happened all over. And it, it sets teams back quite often. And it happened in, LA. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, it happened in LA. It happened. It happens. Every, well, you just can't. You can't avoid it when you win the Stanley Cup. But it's it's a it's a real issue, you know. And um, that to me is is what's kind of interesting about the Penguins team is that those guys, those third and fourth liners, they have don't have to worry about signing for a while. A lot of them are entry level guys, or different, so they're in a great spot there. So they're, that's why the, that team doesn't have to worry too much about it. Although a guy, another guy I saw that was really impressed with last night in the game, and I wanted to mention him again because I've mentioned him before, and I think that he's, uh, he's not on my wacky prediction list, but he would be one of my players to look for this year, is Tom Wilson, who, again, you know, last night he took five shots. He was really, you know, for the Caps, he's a, he's a, big, he's a big guy. I mean, the Caps are, are a giant team in general, but they, they, Tom Wilson's another big player. And, but Wilson's got skill. He's, he's got like a Keith Primo-ish type thing to him. That reminds me of. That's who he reminds you of at times. He's. he's got I think the, Tom Wilson's going to be a player. He's got the size. I just don't know whether he he'll ever have the kind of finish that Primo did because Primo could score twenty five to thirty goals with regularity, and yeah. until until he ran into the concussion problems. And I, to Tom Wilson strikes me as more. And you know maybe it's the fact that it was twenty five to thirty goals in a more offensive era. And if a guy scores 15 in this era, that's more. It's like scoring 25 back then. But I don't see yeah. Tom Wilson scoring more than 10 to 15 goals because I don't think he's going to get the opportunity with with Ovechkin, with Backstrom, with Kuznetsov, with the uh, Burkowski. All the, you know, the, the I, I don't think that he is earmarked on the Caps to be a top six guy. I think he's a top nine guy, and his size is is his one benefit in terms of making a difference. They they love him being a crash and bang guy. Yeah, no, that's true. They do. I mean, he was um, the guy. He was a guy everyone thought was going to be that that right winger to Ovechkin yeah. Backstrom when it was you know right. when teams were noticing the model that Boston had for a little while there with Lucic, Savard, and Kessel or Lucic, Krejci, yeah. and Horton. It was kind of like, all right, well, let's let's put a big big dude there, and you know, similar with, <laughs> with Zach Cassian, what they thought Zach Cassian would be with the Sedins. It's like that. There was a trend there for a while where teams were trying to do that. They were trying to make that happen. Eck, we, That's have, right. Eck, we have an update here. Uh, Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News is reporting uh, that Dan Bilesma indicated at the after the morning skate that Evander Kane has three cracked ribs nice. and is out and is out for weeks, not days, weeks. Weeks. So Man, that is but, a painful thing to have. Three. Yeah, cracked put, ribs. put that on top of Eichel, who probably won't be back until after yeah. Thanksgiving. And you're talking about two players on the Sabres' top line that are out for probably the first two months of the season. Yeah, That's I mean, it's one thing to have a bad knee. It's another that that hurts when you walk on it. It's, it's another thing to have a cracked rib. If you ever had a cracked rib before, that hurts when you breathe. It's like every breath. And it, I can't imagine. I've had I've had one before, but I can't imagine having three of them. I mean, that's just. And every time you turn, it hurts. Buffalo Everything. will never have nice things. This is what I'm learning. That's why Buffalo can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, I know, Ty, I know that feeling. Uh, speaking of <laughs> nice it, things. True. Speaking of nice things, um, you know, normally I would have not have I would not have tuned in for a Carolina Hurricanes Winnipeg Jets game, right? Like that's I was thinking as I'm as I'm looking to see what channel that's on, I'm thinking to myself, I'm actually looking to see what channel the Hurricane Jets game's on. Um, and you know, that kind of was, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And it was a fun game to watch. I mean, it was really interesting. I watched the replay of it again today. It's just, I was impressed by this game. You know, this was, a, this was a game that, you know, really, well, I don't know. It can, it's, I thought it can be, enter- it can be entertaining hockey when two 
uh, lower division teams play, and that's what you have. You have two rebuilding clubs in Carolina and Winnipeg, some young talent, but, you know, there's, I mean, the fact that they're, you know, you have young a young goaltender in Hollabuck, you have young players on mm-hmm. the Jets, young players on the Canes, they're going to make mistakes, and mistakes sometimes mean excitement, and I saw a few minutes of that game and saw the replay of, uh, of uh, Patrick Laine's goal, and, you know, I just know that Patrick Laine right now is only 25% as good as Austin Matthews. <laughs> he did have an assist, though, so give, he's not, I'm going to give him a little bit closer, a little bit closer, but yeah, but all that he was he was not a plus he was not a plus player he was a zero he was an even player which is kind of strange you know um to be a plus to, to you know when you have two points and you end up even but all the players again that you want Shifley gets a goal you know that's what you want Blake Wheeler has a goal and two assists as in his first game as captain you know th- there was the right things happening for this team you know on defense you know they they looked you know Enstrom gets a couple assists and Enstrom looked good Enstrom was moving the puck a lot better you know um. Bufflin, I was a little disappointed in this game. I thought it was a little bit invisible, which you know we've seen as we've seen before with Bufflin sometimes. But you know, he was he you know he's got to be visible. <laughs> he's got to be like he's got to be a disturber. He's got to be out there making changes. He's he's very much. And then the on the other side of things, you know, the often you know like the team, you know, a lot of us put in last place in the division, the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, they sit there and. You know they get you know Aho Aho comes in you know and 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 with with a point you know and and Rask gets a point or gets a goal actually. I'm not picking up Rask. I'm on. I'm not on that show. I'm not. I, yeah. All right. That team, if they can, if they can cut the cord with Cam Ward, which has been the hardest thing they've ever tried to do, they will mm-hmm. be somewhat competitive. Ty, I, yeah. I, I because we did our review of the Metro yesterday, and I said that Bill Peters. Is, is one of the better coaches in this league of getting something out of nothing or something out of, you know, I mean, that, that team is not a strong team right now. They're a rebuilding team. Yeah, two, no, I know. The two years that he's been there, he's been able to get that team higher in the standings than anybody expected them to do with a lot of young players, and they're starting to add more talent. They get Terravine, and they have Rask, as you said, Ak. they have yeah. Uh, Aho and, and Lindholm and, and Hannafin. I mean, there's that core group of young guys. It's going to take a couple years, but if if Stahl and Skinner have decent years too, then I think they're going to end up like fifth, sixth in that division instead of seventh or eighth. That's you know, it was funny because when the summer came and they re-signed, um, they signed uh, Cam Ward, and it was like three years and it was four something or three something a year. I went, oh cool, he's paying them that, right? He's going to pay them yeah. to go play for them because he's been so bad for so long now. Yeah. It's just keeping him, I think, really hurts what they're trying to do because yeah. he can't, he's, not, he's not great, but he's also going to have some nights where he stops 34 or 36, and he's going to keep yeah. you in this weird sort of, yeah. okay, you're not great enough to be terrible. Uh, I'm sorry, you're not bad enough to be terrible, but you're not good enough to be a playoff team if he's your number one. Yeah. So with, with Cam Ward, <laughs> you're kind of stuck in this middle of nowhere. But I think if you give the crease to Eddie Lack, I mean, I like Eddie Lack. I think he could do a much better job, and I think he did last year. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I'm with you on that. I mean, and, and but I think this is another case where they honestly, even though it seems like forever ago, they still really have a hugely high regard for Cam Ward in that city, um, you know, because he did win a Con Smythe and win a Stanley Cup for them. And they see that, you know, that's it's there's there's you know they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt there and they're going to go with they're going to get they're going to let him try and you're right he, he's going to keep them from becoming a you know a lottery team sometimes because that's that's what he's going to do but you know there were other things this game was surprisingly well played defensively which was really not what you would expect of these two teams 
um, they were each team only had like 22 shots, which is, you know, that's really like 27, 26. Sorry. So yeah, I was, I was, I was saw late in the game. I guess I, some of those shots were late. They, there were not a lot of shots late in the third period in this game. Um, you know, and compare that to the 39 shots that, you know, the Washington Capitals took against the Penguins. I mean, it's a big, big difference. So I think that, yeah. And another thing that stood out in this game for me was the Hurricanes winning almost 70% of their faceoffs against the Jets. That's, um, that's a huge number. I mean, you don't see that in the NHL very often. A team get, you get to 70%. So that was a, that was that was a fun game. Now the other game, of course, I haven't watched this game as much as I wanted to. I was this is the game I was watching, but when we had to start the show, was the uh, Islanders and Rangers. I know you watched this, Mike. Yeah, I watched some of it, and uh, I, I it's typical Metro Division battle. It was close until late. Um, you know, uh, I know that the game-winning goal, uh, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, who's who Russ has talked about a lot, a Russian pro- prospect yeah. who they drafted in the third round a few years ago. Made a nice long pass to Chris Kreider, who scored the game-winning goal. Um, well, actually, it, it was the go-ahead goal, and then uh, Brock Nelson scored uh, late to make it not the game-winning goal. But the, the Rangers scored three goals in the third period. Lundqvist played very well. Um, the one thing that you know, Russ and I were talking to each other during the during the uh, you know uh, via the our, our little message thing, and uh, Rick Nash is painfully slow. And it, yeah. was apparent, it was apparent yesterday. I mean, he may score 20, 20 goals just by being in front of the net and being a big presence. But the days of Rick Nash being a dominant player in this league, I think, are over with. And the rain, what the Rangers are going to have to win with is, you know, balanced scoring, getting offense from guys like Zuccarello and Stepan. Uh, Jimmy Vesey looked pretty decent in his NHL debut. You know, getting offense from a number of players and not having to depend on Rick Nash because if they're going to depend on Nash, they're not they're not going to win. Yeah, and this goes into I actually would like to hear Russ would like to hear um your predictions tie for this for this Metro Division. Um, if you if you want to if you want to rip them off real fast. Yeah, um, I, I did a I did a note in my iPhone um because I, I tweeted this and said don't yell at me and then everyone yelled at me um, i actually think you i mean it's funny because i've been doing a prediction thing i've been doing this study on predictions i'm going to release in, in a few weeks i've gone back and i had i have an intern who's helping me do this which is really cool and gone back for um yes i have an intern working with me right now who went who, who went back for three years and found all the predictions they could find from anyone like people on hockey buzz people at Sportsnet, people all over the place and uh and I want to. I want to find out who you really should listen to when it comes to predictions. Like who is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you actually are pretty good. Like I've I've gone through some of your things. And I was surprising. So like let, let let me hear your metro. We got metro here. is uh, number one. The Penguins. I just think they're too loaded. Yeah. They still have too many things going well. Uh, number two, the Capitals. Mm-hmm. I have them there. Uh, number three, I have the Philadelphia Flyers. Actually, believe it or not, yeah. uh, some people think that that's a little high for them, but I think that 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 team is going to be really good this year. Yeah. Um, in the fourth spot, I have the Islanders. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think that they have enough goaltending and young talent to, to hang, even though they lost like Pozo and Nielsen and guys like that. Fifth place, I have the Rangers. I just mm-hmm. think the defense is getting older. I'm not in love with it anymore. Um, I think Lundqvist is still too much pressure on him. Uh, sixth spot, I have the Hurricanes. Uh, seven, I have the Devils. And eight, I have the Blue Jackets. Uh, I, it's worth noting that I have both the Islanders and the Rangers making the playoffs. So they are the two wild cards in the East for me. Well, like I said, I think you're excellent at this because you actually picked almost exactly the same thing that I picked, with the exception <laughs> of the uh, of flipping the um, 
Blue Jackets and, and Hurricanes. Um, but the first five teams in the same exact order, I agree the Flyers aren't getting enough credit for what they've, what, for what they've added. Um, and I know I'm a homer on that, but last year I picked the Flyers to finish in six. So I'm not always there's tremendous. There's tremendous balance there in their yeah. lineup. And, you know, I think that's only going to, that's only going to be even better when Shen's back from his suspension. Uh, and then you're, then you're talking about their defense, a full year of Goss's fair is going to be great. Um, yeah. it, it's just, they have a lot of things going for them and Provorov's going to make life hell, I think for, for that, for the opposition. And I think it's going to help the defense overall, the depth, it's going to make everyone have to compete harder. So I, I think they have a good system there. And I, and I do, sort of believe in what Hextall is doing. I think when it comes to having guys earn their roles and I think Hextall has been a great coach too. So, so they have a nice, nice little thing going on there. It's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah, I agree with that hundred um, percent. We'll see. I mean, I was the only one I think, I think Mike, you had most, most people had him in fifth. Had, of our, had who the Rangers in fifth? The Flyers. Uh, yeah, I had, I had the Flyers fifth. Yeah, I, I had them. Yeah. I think they still could make the playoffs. I, I, like I said, I mean, it, I think it depends on, the fact that they need Gostaspir to play as well as he did last year, if he takes a step back, then I think there's more pressure on guy, a guy like Provorov to to really step up and have a big year in his rookie season. Yeah. It's not out of the question, but I, I think it's just putting a lot of pressure on a, on a 19-year-old guy to be, you know, as you said, like a, a, a shutdown guy or a guy who can clear the front of the net. I mean, I, you need veteran guys to do that. You can't depend on a 19-year-old guy to, to really do that. But, uh, yeah. Um, but I, I still think Washington's going to win this division. I, I don't. I'm not taking away anything from Pittsburgh. I just think Pittsburgh is going to have a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover. The injury thing's a question mark. And you know, it, it, I mean, when they get Murray back, will Murray be the goaltender of the second half of last year and in the playoffs, or will he take a will he take a step back? Sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens. It takes a little while mm-hmm. to get back to. You know, you know, after playing a situation where it, everything is riding on things, a regular season game just doesn't come up to that level of excitement, and sometimes it takes a little while to adjust to that. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, but, you know, I, we'll see. Now, I want to go into some wacky predictions here while we're in the last minute, so I wanted to throw them out to you. Mike, you have something else to add? Yeah, just just, uh, just uh, a little Maple Leaf-related stuff. The Leafs are announcing their top 100 players of all time. Um the number Matthews is included in this list. No, he is not included. Not after one game. <laughs> number one hundred was James Van Riemsdyk. Whoa. Yes. Uh, now I'm not going to obviously not read it read off, but I do have the number all one hundred. All one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, Mike. Come on. But the but the number. One, number one. <laughs> let's have a, let's have a complicated discussion on each of them as we go. Yeah. No. Um, don't JVR. Worry, don't don't worry. I'll have that. I'll have that. I'll have that in my blog. Uh, but the number one ranked player, which is not surprising because he was uh, unveiled as a member of Legends Row yesterday, was Dave Keon, who won four Stanley Cups in the 1960s. So Dave Keon, who was separated uh, from the Leaf organization for almost a quarter of a century because of the way that the organization treated him when he was a player, uh, now has come back into the fold, and now he's recognized as a member of Legends Row and as the best player of all time. Where does Alexei Ponikarovsky rank in this list? Uh, <laughs> probably in the top 600, but not in it. Ty Domi? Ty Domi? Uh, he's um, actually in the top 100. I don't know where, but Darcy, he is not. What about Nick Antropov? Dar- uh, Darcy Tucker was 70th. Is Nick Antropov for a franchise? I probably uh, probably not. I wouldn't think, but yeah. uh, I'd be. I, and I hope Matt Sundin is in the in the maybe the teens. That would be justified. So here's here's my big question. Does Dion yeah. Phaneuf make this list? 
I think he did. Yes. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. For a team with this much history and has been around for this long, this list is definitely something we should discuss at some point, but not yeah. now. No, no, no. no not now. We will get into this. No, yes. I think Ty Domi gets in there because he's still hanging around. Like he, um, in in the in, yeah, I saw him outside of the outside of the arena every game after the after in in the World Cup. He was always outside taking autographs. Nice, the nice guy in the world, you know. But come on now. Anyway, cab drivers. There's nothing like Toronto cab drivers to tell you all about what's going on with the players in that city. My gosh, they every cab driver I took because they knew I was had my hockey credential, and they would tell me about all these different places they took people. Um, you know, and all the different. Um, what was the? Oh man, there's one place that I think I think is a strip club. I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Anyway, um, as a name that I could not. I can't remember what it was. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. All right. So last year, I've done my fourth year of my annual wacky predictions. I try to do as many as I've done as many as thirty this year. I've done did twelve. Um, so because you know, I want these to be actually things that I think could happen, but no one else will probably think could happen, and no one else is really talking about it. Sometimes people debate that. Oh, that's something I thought would happen too. But these are usually pretty wacky, and I will show you they're wacky by like three that I missed last year, for example. Um, I had um, at number two, I had the Detroit Red Wings will win the Atlantic Division. That did not happen. Um, I had the Toronto Maple Leafs will not finish in the bottom 10 of the NHL. That did not happen. I had um, Sergei Plotnikov will have a bigger impact on the Penguins than Phil Kessel. That uh, did not happen. He's so, back in the KHL. <laughs> right. There's three. Uh, there's three, right? Uh, now, here's three that I got pretty good. Okay. So, for what it's worth. Um, I said one of Stamkos, Kopitar, or Eric Stahl will become a UFA on July 1st. That did happen. Actually, two of them became UFAs, and uh, technically, because Stam is a UFA. Yeah. Um, you know, I, number 11, the Edmonton Oilers will move a major forward for a major defenseman during the season. Well, no, not quite during the season. But I said one of one of RNH, Eberle, Yakupov, or Drysdale will be the will be the cost. And I wrote possibly even Taylor Hall. Okay, okay, okay that did not happen, but did happen later. Then I got Kreider, you know, who um, I have Kreider on there, who was really uh, impressive. He, I said he will score more goals than Rick Nash for the New York Rangers. I got that right. And I also said, and I don't know why this has been eliminated from my blog, but I did say this last year, and I think this happened, right? That the Predators would would finish ranked seventh in, uh, weren't they seventh and seventh seed going into the playoffs? Uh, they were the first wild card team, right? So they would, that would make them the seventh seed. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, because they took uh, on Anaheim, right? Right. I wrote no, they would be the, the I don't know. I wrote they would be yeah, the seventh seed, but I wrote that they would go to the conference finals. I had the Predators going to the conference final as the seventh seed. So that did happen. Which no it didn't. No, it did not. Right. <laughs> That's why that was taken out. They did not <laughs> It was taken out because you got it wrong. Come on. All right. Well, there you go. That's you what I know. For this year. All right, and I also put some of the some of the things that some of our some of our comment people put in there. Yep, you know accuracy. You know, hey, there you have it. All right, so let's go with my wacky predictions. A few of them for 2016-17. Ready? And Ty right. and I can destroy them, right? You guys can take them apart. Okay. As if they haven't already been taken apart in the um, <laughs> in the comments. In the comment threads, because along with the one that I thought was right <laughs> wasn't. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> number one, after no Canadian team made the playoffs in 15-16. I predict five Canadian teams, all but Vancouver and Toronto, will be in the playoffs in 1617. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. <laughs> all right. Not a, not a chance in hell. I think, I, think it's, I think it'll be two Canadian teams in the playoffs. Two. How many Canadian teams, Doug? Two. Um, 
I go through my my list. I think I got one, and it's the it's the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs? I do not. Wow. I okay. Think, I think they got rid of their best player. They got older and slower and more aggressive, and that's I've seen the Bruins do that, and it never works out. Right. Wow. Right, Think about how hard Carey Price had to work to get his wins when he, they had Subban. Now you have an older, mm-hmm. slower guy there, and Andre Markov, I think, is actually a cadaver at this point. Like, I, I just don't, I don't believe in what they're doing there. I just, and I think, I think one of them's getting. I think the GM or the coach is going to get fired before the season's over. They'll both. That, fired that was going to be one of mine too, but I think that's not a wacky enough prediction, so I had to go away from that. Um, all right, uh, number two, Anthony Duclair will be in the top ten in NHL scoring. No, but he's 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 a very good young player. I just don't I don't think he will be a top ten scorer on that team. You know who would be if there's gonna be a Coyote in there, it's gonna be like Ekman Larson, which is crazy. He's a defenseman, I know, but yeah. the way he produces points is kind of absurd. I, I think if because the, and they're a pairing. I I think if if one of the one of that pairing is gonna be close to the top ten, it'll be Max Domi. Okay, all right, pretty good. All right, um, all right. We will see three coaches fired by Christmas. Last year, I said none would be fired the entire season, by the way. So that's why I'm putting this in as a wacky thing. I thought I thought last year we'd go without a coach being fired. I really looked at the coaches. I'm like, there's really nothing that can go wrong here enough to get anybody fired. But I think I can see three coaches being fired by Christmas this year. But you're not going to specify who you think, right? No, no. Okay. I mean, I, I see, I think three – if the over under is three, I'm gonna go under. I think that there's two possibilities. If it's a if it's a complete crap show in Columbus, that maybe Tortorella gets fired, but I think they're gonna stick with him. Maybe Willie Desjardins in Vancouver, if that's a show. Um, but yeah, no, not not by Christmas. So. I got I got your third right here. His name is Jack Capuano. If they mm. don't, if they don't do well. Yeah. Well, of course, no, no, no coach is going to get fired if they do do well, Mike. Oh, <laughs> Number four, um, Matt Murray will win the Vezina Trophy. Nah. No. 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 Nope. For me, I think it's the same same horses as last year. Uh, with with mm-hmm. maybe add Carey Price in the mix. I think it's Bishop, uh, Holtby, Price, and a guy I would throw in that maybe some people Crawford. wouldn't. Uh, John Gibson, I, I think this could be a year for him. Interesting. Yeah, I think Bishop. I don't. I don't think Bishop because I think the, I, don't, I think Bishop is going to get less work this year, and Vasilevsky's going to get more. Um, they'll probably split them down the middle, but they they, they may help may help him in terms of his stats. Uh, I think Crawford could get be in the mix there, but it'll be Price, Holpe, and Crawford. All right, I got something on Bishop coming up, though. But number five first, the Ottawa Senators will be in the top five in scoring. What are they gonna? Are they gonna bring back Spezza, Alfredson, and Healy? <laughs> How's that gonna happen? I just, no. I don't know. I just, I keep when I watch them play in the preseason, and I've, and I've, hey. and I, and I see Guy Boucher's style. I just think they're going to be a scoring machine. When I saw them play against Toronto, they were a scoring machine. They played um, Toronto. You're talking about a defense with Martin Marinson on the top pairing. Come on. These wacky predictions should not be agreed with. That's I have no problem with you guys disagreeing with them. They if they were if they were agreed with, they wouldn't be wacky, right? So I'll, I'll tell you this right now. If Ottawa is in the top five in scoring as you predict, they will be at the bottom of the Atlantic division as I predict, because that's the problem. <laughs> they can score, they can't stop anybody. They have to maybe score a little less and stop the opposition from being able to score. And they didn't do that. You know, some some kid, some kid from Scottsdale did score four goals. 
Yeah, no, I know. And I, but that, you know, he's, he's remarkable. They shut down the rest of the team. Um, the, um, so, all right. So along those lines, I will, th- as, as a little aside, which I didn't write in here that Bobby Ryan will be an, will be an all-star. I just have, a, I just have a feeling that Bobby Ryan's going to have a huge year this year. See in preseason and in the regular, even in against the Maple Leafs, he looked really good to me. Like he looks like he's on top of his game. Um, and he's I, been very disrespected for a very long time. So I think he's from my hometown, so I'm giving him giving him I, one. I think that team has one All Star, and it'll be like it, it'll be uh, Erickson. That's a safe fit. All right, number six, the long Ben Bishop line. Ben Bishop will be moved to the Calgary Flames at or before the trade deadline. No, I did not say this no, the other day. No. Of course not, because they have that great goaltender Brian Brian Elliott. Come I know, on. I know. I did not say this the other day because I was saying exactly what you said, Mike. But after watching that game, and I know it's only one game, I'm being completely unfair on Brian Elliott, and I'm going to say that I just have a sense that Bishop will be moved. And and after watching Bishop last night, I, again, not super impressed. So, but I'm. I don't. I, I don't think it's a good system for Brian Elliott. I don't think this is going to fit what what makes him what makes him good. Yeah. I just don't think they have the that that more. Running like the the way they kind of do their yeah. offense and their defense, I, I I don't think they have the personnel that St. Louis had. Obviously, that helped Brian Elliott. It's just, might, it might be more mess than what Elliott was when he was in Ottawa versus what he was in St. Louis. Well, I, I, ironically, more. ironically, what, what what you could see happen because Brian Elliott is a UFA at the end of the year is you could see if 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 you're on on this rumor. Ben Bishop could get traded for Brian Elliott because then Elliott would be the backup for Vasilevsky in Tampa. Right, right, where he might uh, work better. Yeah. All right, number seven. The Vegas team will be named the Black Knights after all. At the end of the day, it'll be the Black Knights. They'll figure out a way to do it, and I think that's why we don't have a name yet. I think they're still trying to find a way to do it. That's my theory. I, I mean, I would love that name. I like it. I yeah. like it entirely more than Desert Knights. Desert Knights is in a trial. What, what's the other one? Night, Night, Knights. Desert Knights is like a Cinemax movie in this in the, the 80s. Jordan, the Jordan like Knights. A, I don't know what they Yeah, it's like a late night Cinemax movie in the 80s, Desert Knights. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. I'm not there. All right. So, Cinemax. Um, the Winnipeg Jets will finish ahead of the LA Kings in the standings. Not a chance in hell. Nope. Even right. with Zadkoff and Net, I still like the Kings more than I like the Jets. <laughs> okay, there you go. The Peter Budai era has begun. <laughs> the NHL, number nine. The NHL will announce next year's Winter Classic won't be played in a stadium, but rather Central Park in New York City. That's possible. I know that they're always looking outside the box in terms of like you know a new thing. That that might be possible. You know, kind of be awesome. If they just stop doing the Winter Classic for like five years, make it make it special again. Huh. Interesting. They, they're not they're not going to because such a cash cow for them. But like, yeah, no, about, like, we're just out of we're out of ideas. We're out of stadiums. We're out of like. There's nothing. Yeah. Not have St. Louis involved. It's like all right, this That's is everything. That's good out. baseball stadium, right? I mean, that is like the yeah. last the, the good baseball stadiums. I agree. What they what they need to do is have the have the Winter Classic at that. Uh, Either have it on top of the building in Toronto, like they had uh, the, the the rink last year, or or have it up like in the Arctic, like they had the uh, you know during that commercial for the Molson. Yeah, know? yeah, something like that. That would be great. Just That's like and just like put up some stands and have it have it really be exclusive. You have to win tickets to it. Just like have this crazy little thing. I think that would be phenomenal. I will say this: that I believe the Winter Classic could mer- could morph into the All Star Game at some point. Yeah, um, That's and I think that, that's what it should. That, I mean, that's where we're yeah. trending. I think. And what I would do with it is this. This is how I would do it. I would take 
I would make it a under 24 team versus an over 24 team game. And that's how I do it. I would take basically, you know, your team North America, but include like the younger players like Patrick Lining and just the best young under 24 players against the over 24 players in the all-star game. As in a four on four format. So you want to bring bring back it. North America versus the world. Do that. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm okay with that. Yep. All right, number 10. We'll get out of here soon. Number 10, the Flyers starting goalie in the opening game of the playoffs will not be either Mason or Neuverth. Who's it going to be? You think it'll be Anthony Stellars? Or, yeah, or this kid they drafted this year who is, like, you know, oh, crazy Carter young, but they – Carter they, Hart? They love him. Um, I, and I'm saying this not because I think – not because I think either – I think both goalies will be good this year. I just think both will be hurt. This is my – this is just a typical thing for the Flyers to me that wow. both will be hurt at the time that the playoffs start. It could be Stellars. Um, but I just have a feeling, for whatever reason, gonna that bring, neither will be starting. They're going to bring back Michael Layton or Jason LaBarbera. I've lived through too many things. Number 11, a lot of people will like this one. The NHL center ice package will be legally forced to change its blackout policies regarding in-market games. <laughs> there, are some, there is some litigation going on right now that could make this a reality. That, yeah. you know, the whole concept of that, you know, you pay for the center ice package, you can't watch the games in your own, in your own team, in your own market. See, is being challenged. It's horrible. It's being challenged in courts. It's not... It's not at all, you know, in tune with anything else that's happening on the in, in on the internet with Hulu and stuff like that. Well, it's completely well, it's completely antiquated. Where I would like to see where I like to see the NHL go, and the funny thing is, there's precedence with this with MLB BAM is the fact that if you buy the MLB at bat package for say cable, you get it on the computer. Right. You get the rate. You get the radio, and you get the you get it on the computer as well. And I know for you know my own purposes, I buy the Center Ice package every year, right. and then I can't get Game Center Live unless I pay another hundred and forty nine dollars. Right. So I think that's. I think that if you're paying once, you should get it on all platforms. I think that's a good thing. That would be a good thing. Yeah, that that that's how it should be for sure, and I, that that could happen. Maybe that's maybe that's how it, it'll be changed. But that I think it'll be changed more. And finally, number twelve. This is sort of over the next three years, but it kind of goes along with my. Canadian teams within the next three years, we will have an all Canadian Stanley cup final. I think we have, I think when you look at the teams that we have coming up and then, and, and within the, you know, years? within three years, no, within three years. Yep. Within five years, maybe, but not within three years. I don't think, I don't think I don't. Okay. From the East, I don't think the, 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 the three Eastern teams, I don't think Ottawa is anywhere close to being into a Stanley cup final. Montreal, their window is now, and you're, you're forgetting one team in the way. And, Tor and Toronto is going to take at least two to three years, at least, to become a playoff team, not a Stanley Cup contender. They're yeah, they're but in three years, we're also going to have the Quebec Nordiques. Wow, come on! I mean, <laughs> yeah, and who's that going to be? The Carolina Hurricanes? That's what I'm saying. If it's the Florida Panthers, maybe you're right. All right, so um. And in the West, uh, I mean, you've got lots of things. And I, I did pick. Remember, my other wacky prediction I didn't put on here is I did pick Edmonton to finish second in the Pacific yeah. Division. Yes, um, now you have them in the playoffs, Ty. So how high do you have them? Wild card. Wild card. Yep. Yeah. That would have been better for me to do that, but um, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I, went for I, 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 have, I have them fifth in the Pacific. Still too many. I went for Brook. I don't know. They, they're, you know, you can see how McClellan was, how frustrated McClellan was the other night in that game for sure. But um. 
you know, and the giving up two shorthanded goals, that was, in, that was crazy. Like within a very short period of time, they handed two shorthanded goals to the Calgary Flames. Like not just, and this has been the thing with the Edmonton Oilers in, in recent memory. Like since I've been covering this feels, it feels like the Oilers are the best team in the world. When I go to sleep, like I go to bed, they're always winning. They're up yeah. two to nothing, three to one. It's the first period They're They're look, they're romping on a team. It's like incredible. I go to bed, I wake up and they've lost. Where they've blown every, it's like the others are just they're a terrible team. Not a victory make. Yeah, I gotta stay awake for them to be good. And that's not something that's likely gonna happen all year. So for now, we're doing our best. Um anyway, uh, do you guys have anything you'd like to throw out there in terms of really wacky predictions? Uh PK Subban will have sixty points. Ah, nice. That's a good number. I like that. I'll come up, I'll come up with one for Monday. I I need to prepare. <laughs> It's a wacky prediction. <laughs> you can't prepare. It's just got to be something like off the air, you know, like, um, like, you know, something like Austin Matthews will score a hundred goals or something like, I'll, just like totally crazy. I'll win the power ball. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the games tonight, tonight, but let me just talk about tonight's games real fast. Um, because we have a couple really good ones tonight and I just had the list up, but I know the flyers open tonight, obviously. Um, that's that they play, they play in LA and that's going to be, I mean, it's it's a it is a little bit you know of a downer that Jonathan Quick's not going to be in this game. We have three we have three games tonight: Flyers yep. games, uh, Chicago at Nashville on NBCSN. Which is oh, that's going to be a great one because PK Subban, the Blackhawks in Nashville. You can't. I mean, if you're going down to that game, I'm very jealous, Predators fans. And in a boring defensive struggle, the Oilers and Flames rematch <laughs> in Calgary. The Battle of Bird is back, man. It's back. I, I mean, it's that. exciting. This is the best time of year, baby, when you got those 7 p.m. games and those 10 p.m. those 9:30, 10 p.m. games on the East Coast. It's the best. I know, I know, it's the best. It really is. It's it's awesome. I love it. Three great games tonight, guys. So enjoy it. I think the Flyers are gonna be fun to watch. Maybe you know. And uh, tonight, I haven't even heard who's. I guess Mason's gonna go and go. I have not heard exactly. Well, maybe maybe he gets hurt. He's gonna live up your prediction. Right. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Come on, give him give him time here. Um, all right, guys. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We'll see you on Monday. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.